Hello, I'm Mark O'Connor, and I'm here joined by my colleagues and friends, Larissa Bufano, Julia Caraggio, and Vinny Sanchez. We've got three different perspectives, different jurisdictions we work in, but we're brought together by a common theme, the tech sector. The tech index is now our sixth iteration of the index, polling some 350 organizations across Europe, looking at attitudes to the market in the tech sector, looking at the suitability of the tax regimes, the IP regimes, and so forth, and through the lens of various different technologies that we advise on and talk about every day, 5G, IoT, digital transformation, AI, and so on and so forth. So I'm really looking forward to discussing your perspectives with you guys here today to get the sense, particularly from American colleagues, of whether what we're seeing in Europe is what you're seeing in the US. And so, Larissa, if I can come to you in the first instance, you're a patent litigator, you're looking at complex technology all day long, and the European Tech Index is showing a huge amount of positivity in, in terms of the organizations we spoke to. To what extent is that played out and replicated in what you see in the US? So it's, I think, 100% replicated in the U.S. We've been seeing increased demand for uh, patent filings, which I think is a direct correlation to innovation within the tech industry. So we see companies that are expanding their investment in developing technology and then accordingly protecting that technology through patent protection. So I think that it's no wonder that the tech index is rated so highly because the, the tech industry is booming both in the EU and then also in the US and then around the world. And the clients that we service, not just in Europe and in the US, but also in the Middle East, we're seeing a huge emphasis on implementing new technologies and developing new technologies in our sector. So that sounds really positive, like there's a, a growth mindset across the whole world. But let's home it down a little bit to, I know you advise on AI issues and complex technology and the issues around that. There's a lot of regulation coming, certainly in Europe, perhaps um, to, uh, across various states of the US. To what extent is that regulation a barrier for innovation? So I think it depends on where the company is in the AI ecosystem to determine how either how seriously they're going to be taking these regulations and what they're going to do about them. So I think if you're a consumer-facing company where your AI is actually interacting with or delivering to customers and consumers that are the focus of these laws protecting consumers, then yes, they're very highly involved in in making sure that they're complying with these laws. And then because of that, then perhaps innovating to make sure they're in compliance with those laws. But for companies that are purely in the technology space that are selling to other businesses, selling their technology to other businesses, I don't see as much of an implication for those companies. Because as long as they're not directly interacting with the consumers, there's not as much of the risk of liability. It'll take time to see, is that liability going to be transferred then through the sale to another business? And if that product then goes on to an end customer, is there going to be liability that will go back up through that supply chain? But at least at this point, it seems the focus on complying with the regulations and, pre and preparing for the regulations in Europe and then the potential of regulation, however it will come about in the US, I think is going to be focused for the interim on those large companies, their products are being delivered directly to consumers implementing AI and not as much focused on companies that are more B2B. So Larissa, that's really interesting what you're saying there because in, what I'm seeing in the UK talking to clients is that organizations are seeing the regulations, potential regulations as an opportunity, at least to try and get ahead mm -hmm. uh, rather than leaving it to a remediation 
exercise later on. Is that what you're seeing in the US too? So I think that that, that we will be looking forward at and how we can prepare for when these regulations come out fully in, in the EU, but uh, and not be looking at it as a re remedial measure when it comes out. But I do also think that one of the bigger concerns for innovation right now is the fact that some companies have been going fully remote. Like there's some companies in say California, they're always going to be virtual. And for some of those companies, they've seen big drops in their patent filings. So it's unclear, is that because people, they're not innovating, they don't have as many inventions because they're not meeting in person? Is it because they're not getting those in, in innovations out to their patent council for filing because they're not having touch points with patent council or some other reason? But I have seen that many of my clients that are fully in person, those are the clients that are calling me the most with new patent filings. And that will remain to be seen, won't it? Um, but the hybrid working, the new normal of work is you know, that, that, that the cat is out of the bag. That's not going back in the bag anytime soon. But that, that hybrid working place exists and persists due to connectivity devices. And maybe that's a perfect bridge to bring you in. Julio, you're an expert on all things IoT. And also from the U Italian, European perspective, what stood out for you most in the tech index? It's surprising that uh, there are so high expectations uh, in uh, um, a, a period of time where economic, an economic crisis seems to be quite close. But uh, we have clients that uh, declare to be ready to hire uh, 600 people per year. So they have a, an expectation to grow uh, very quickly in the in next months. We're not talking about uh, years. Uh, high expectations are driven also by the European Union. Uh, we have uh, the EU Next Generation Act uh, that uh, is fueling so much money within the system and uh, IoT, especially in the healthcare sector, especially when it comes to smart cities, is one of the backbones of these uh, policies. People don't think anymore as connectivity as a sort of big brother that is monitoring them. With telemedicine, for instance, they are used to uh, being monitored because they see the value of connectivity, as you mentioned, the value of monitoring their health conditions and being able to communicate and receive a feedback in real time from their doctor. If we consider that the average age within Europe is very high, Telemedicine is definitely something where we need to boost. At the same time, smart city is uh, an area where we see a high demand. Uh, definitely, the energy crisis drove an increase in um, energy-fueled um, cars that are, most of the cases, connected cars. So connected cars are communicated with connected cities and um, with, within a connected uh, environment. Uh, the key word in this environment, I think, is trust. Yep. We had an announcement a couple of weeks ago by the European Commission of a Cyber Resilience Act. So in a connected world, you need to trust uh, technology. You need to make sure that whenever something goes wrong, you uh, can point the finger towards uh, who is liable. And also you want uh, some sort of um, uh, certification of the reliability of um, technology. Somehow connected also with uh, the new directive on uh, the liability of AI. So we need to instill trust within our people because this is the next step uh, towards innovation and uh, any company 
is uh, understood that, that um, if um, they want to save money, they cannot save money on innovation because innovation is driving efficiency. And in a remote work, as Larissa was mentioning, um, efficiency requires technology. And so I, I think uh, these points are all interconnected. They are all interconnected. So that trust is a big underpinning for the success. And perhaps that's why our respondents to the tech index are seeing um, the tech sector in such a positive light. We've seen the COVID situation and phrases like building back better are now thrown around because in a sense, COVID for all it's bad, it accelerated the adoption of technology. So as technology becomes more pervasive, as you were saying, Larissa, in terms of the hybrid new normal of work, as long as we get the trust right, then those organizations that get the trust right will be the ones that, uh, that succeed. So very positive. And so I'm going to come to you, Vinny, now, because it, from what we've discussed so far, it feels very positive, it feels sunshine. So we should go to the West Coast where it, the sun always shines. And Vinny, you're an outsourcing guru. You see these deals day in, day out and, and, and the ways in which clients are putting deals together. Is it all sunshine or are there global headwinds that uh, our clients are seeing? Yeah, Mark, um, the global headwinds are starting to impact, you know, consumers. If you look at what's happening with high energy bills, the inflationary risk and the sentiment that we're heading into a global recession. But despite all that, the tech sector is going to drive the market because there's a huge demand for driving innovation. But if you look at what happened with the pandemic, it accelerated digital transformation, which is based on a huge demand for technology. But beyond that, we're seeing more changes in terms of digital engagement with customers, consumers in particular. Look at what's happening in the market as well. We see um, shifts in the global supply chain, right? So that's going to drive innovation, new technologies to have to deal with that. We're also talking about the, looking at the great resignation. People aren't coming back to the workforce. And we also have around the world sort of these nationalist protectionist environments where it's um, anti-immigration. Look at what's happening in the market today. You go to a restaurant, it's very difficult to find labor, right? And that's across all sectors. So what does that mean for the tech sector? We have to find a way to address that, right? And that's where I think we're gonna see an acceleration in robotics, dependency on artificial intelligence, and we're gonna, it's all driven by the tech sector. Vinny, you mentioned protectionist policies. So having two US colleagues on the panel, fantastic to get your sense on that. And Larissa, you mentioned the CHIPS Act earlier. For our viewers, could you dig a little bit deeper into that in terms of where that came from and how that's manifesting itself in business? Sure, so the CHIPS Act was passed to provide funding to do semiconductor fabs within the United States. I think it was to address two issues, the first being supply chain issues for getting semiconductor chips into products such as automobiles and our everyday products that we're using that was not sufficient supply of those. So this is an infusion of money into the semiconductor industry to provide those fabs. Unfortunately, it's, it takes a long time to build up a semiconductor fab. So it, we won't see the benefits from this for many years, but it is at least an infusion where many of our clients, any client that is potentially looking into the semiconductor space is going to be asking for th that money that's been awarded. But the other side of it, and Vinny will touch on this is a protectionist view of saying we want chips to be made in the United States and we don't want to be having them made in China. And that's another piece of it. Yeah, I think it's that back to that distrust, the geopolitical risk out there now around supply chains and looking at it generally and looking at the potential risk of what's happening in Russia and Ukraine right now. Could that happen with China and Taiwan and the heavy dependency on the world in terms of semiconductor production that comes out of Taiwan? So I think that that's driving a lot of the need to come back to the U.S. 
So this protectionist policy is, is one example, but it's a massive market. I mean, Julio, looking at that, thinking about your work in IoT, connected cars, healthcare, telemedicine, everything you've talked about, this sort of change in policy in a major trading block must have a ripple effect across Europe and elsewhere for the supply of semiconductor chips and the, and the sort of solutions we've been talking about. Absolutely. If you think that uh, the boost of the IoT in the previous years was driven by the drop in pricing of microchips, and now we are in an economic situation where Europe doesn't want to be in the middle uh, between two tech giants, China and uh, the US, and they're working on their own EU Chips Act. Connecting to what uh, Larissa was mentioning before, in Europe it happens quite often that innovation is driven by regulations. And I think that um, the idea behind the policy of the European Commission, so we want to create tech champions in order to become the third player within the global economy, uh, not just a buyer of technologies, but a supplier. And the EU Chips Act wants kind of a, a create a situation where there is no longer a dependency, uh, fueling money, uh, but also being able to react to situations as well as the one that uh, Winnie was mentioning, where no longer we have uh, all of a sudden a supplier, we need to switch to the European suppliers, uh, we need to create uh, the capacity, we need to fuel money, we need um, to uh, create some uh, tech giants that are unfortunately at the moment are not in, uh, within uh, the European Union. So clearly this is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out in terms of investment, in terms of the new normal of work, as, as all of you are saying, in terms of nascent regulation we're seeing coming down the line, patent filings, um, outsourcing deals that we do all day. Standing back from all that and just looking at the, the tech index itself and the findings that we've seen coming out of there, is there anything else um, you guys would like to add or highlight that our readers should particularly look out for when the tech index is published? Maybe, Larissa, if I come to you first. Sure. I mean, I think one of the other big important aspects of why the tech uh, innovation industry has been growing is the is the better climate for obtaining patent protection for tech-related inventions. So in the U.S., for many years, it was very difficult to find to file and obtain patents in the software space, and now that has changed dramatically. And now, as you'll see in the tech index when you read it, that AI filings at the patent office have increased far more than any other um, sector within the patent office filings. So I think that is showing that first that people are innovating, and then they can protect their innovations through patent protection. And that's happening not just in the U.S., it's happening globally. So that is a stimulus to innovation because your R&D spend uh, is not going to waste. You can protect and build and, and move yes, forward. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. Vinny, from your perspective, from the perspective of an outsourcing lawyer, what else stood out for you? I think there are two things, Mark. One is that board engagement. This is a board level issue, right? And this is an opportunity for the tech sector to collaborate with at the board level of any sector, right? Because all these companies are becoming tech-driven, data-driven enterprises. So every company is becoming a technology company. So we'll all be part of the tech sector at We're some point. We're all part of the tech sector. And I think the second thing is when you look at it from an outsourcing standpoint um, alone, right? you're bringing the convergence of Web 3.0, Industry 4.0, Internet of Things, 5G, all these technologies coming together, right? So when people talk about outsourcing being dead because everything's moving to the cloud, I think we're actually going to start seeing a shift in what outsourcing is really defined by. 
and we're going to see the, the growth of digital business operators, outsourcing companies that come in that are specialized to bring all these things together and manage them for the enterprise, because that's going to be critical going forward to be, remain competitive. Fantastic. Thank you. And bringing it back to Europe and Italy to round us off, Julio, from your perspective, what, what stands out? I think the point raised by Winnie on uh, board engagement is crucial because in the past years, we saw that innovation was driven by the CTOs, uh, by the CSOs, uh, by technicians, while uh, now it, it becomes a, a top list item on the to-do list of uh, uh, C-levels uh, because they understand that innovation is at the core of their business. Um, uh, they understand that they can, they need to acquire technology, they need to acquire IoT systems, AI, uh, but they need to assess whether that technology in which they are going to invest millions uh, is actually being going to be compliant. It's not going to uh, create um, an issue in their operations, because if you invest more in technology, you are more dependent on uh, technology. At the same time, the cyber risk, I think uh, it's a threat where board members need to get um, a higher level of acknowledgement. With the uh, pandemic, we saw a massive increase of cyber attacks. Um, and we saw how the uh, operations of uh, large corporations, of multinational companies, are totally frozen as a consequence of uh, a ransomware attack, for instance. So it's no longer an issue for IT experts. It's for an issue for the managing directors and uh, they just uh, need to invest in being aware of uh, uh, the situation of the maturity of their business in this field. Well, that was great. Thanks so much, Larissa. Thanks, Julio. Thanks, Vinny. We've barely scratched the surface, haven't we? There's so many issues coming to light here that we could talk about for much, much longer. But I hope that's given our viewers a sense of the sorts of issues covered by the Tech Index. For deeper insights and further commentary from our colleagues in Europe and around the world, we commend to you our Tech Index report.